0: You all are laughing a little bit <laughs> oh you can't hear me okay i do better when you all are laughing a little bit so this is to warm us all up um this summer i went to my 30 year high school reunion and lee was with me and so excited to be there he, was <laughs> he does very well in settings like that as you can imagine and in fact, the person, I kept looking at Lee during the reunion, and the whole, almost the whole time, he was chatting with my old boyfriend. <laughs> it was bizarre. And I had this flashback to the last reunion I went to, which was 10 years ago, my twenty, or maybe, yeah, it was my 20 year reunion, so it was 10 years ago. And um, I knew that my old boyfriend was gonna be there. And I am just that vain that I would like for him to look at me and think darn it all how did I let her (laughs) how did I blow that and so I went to the mall and got um, a new shirt that was sleeveless but then a black a gray cardigan sweater to wear over it it looked very fallish The reunion was in the fall, I was very excited, I had new blue jeans, so I had this new outfit, new blue jeans, new black top, new gray sweater. Well, darn it all, it was too hot that day. And so we're at this reunion and they're serving barbecue outside and it was, I mean, it was late October, but it was like in the 80s. And so I am sweating and aware that my beauty is wilting. As well.
1: And I mean
0: to make a good impression on this boy who let me get away. And so I had been to or size enough. My arms had enough definition to take off the gray outer sweater. I don't take the outer sweater off anymore, but I did then. So I, I felt confident enough about my upper arms. So I took off the gray sweater, we're outside under this tent eating this barbecue. And I'm being all animated because I feel very confident and beautiful. And I see a friend across the way. And I say, light up! (laughs) and I am not a hairy person. I really am not. (laughs) But that gray sweater was brand new. And I had been sweating. And I looked like King Kong (laughs) in my armpit. And so I'm waving at Lida and Lee says, (laughs) Lee says, thought, Lee, don't bother me now. (laughs) So I looked, I was mortified, and I thought, well, God did it again. He taught me again (laughs) how powerless I am, and um, that's what our lesson is on today, is on powerlessness. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the 12-step program, but the first three steps have to do with powerlessness. Um, and the first step is just recognizing your powerlessness and accepting your powerlessness over an addiction. Um, and then the next two steps, you're accepting that God is powerful. And then the third step, that's the second step. And then the third step, you are gonna give what you are powerless over to God who is powerful. And um, so those are the first three steps of Al-Anon. And I've always heard, and I, I think I've shared in here, that we have addiction in my family for generations. And so we, I have more exposure maybe than some to 12-step programs. And I've heard addicts say um, that they're grateful for their addiction because it made them aware of their powerlessness. And when I was younger, I kind of thought, yeah, right. That sounds right. You know, you're grateful for this this hardship you endured, this loss you experienced. You lost your job, or you lost your marriage, or you lost your financial stability. Sure, you're grateful. I, I'm having a hard time believing that that's sincere. But the older I get, um, I'm more in touch with how that feels to recognize my powerlessness maybe not over an addiction but over um hardships i've experienced um so i wanted to read to you first from james 4. now listen you who say today are. I'm sorry, let me start over. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that is here for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. I like that passage, and let me read another and see if you hear the similarity. This is from Psalm 103. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Do you hear the similarity there? (coughs) And then finally, I think this is ironic, and this is from the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we're looking at the wisdom literature, James, and the Proverbs, and the Psalms, but also the Sermon on the Mount. And listen to how Jesus, um, what comfort he gives them to assure them that it's futile to worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not toil or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. What I hear over and over again in all three of those passages, kind of puts it all into perspective for me fast. And I get it better now than I did 20 years ago. And so for those of you who are young and haven't experienced um, tremendous disappointment, tremendous loss, um, shattered dreams unmet expectations things did not go the way they were supposed to go Um, it may be hard to read these passages and take comfort in them but once you're on the other side of that fire when you read these passages (coughs) it's just so comforting because you realize and you remember this is how it always was i was always only grass in the sun on my best day I was always only a mist that vanishes and maybe I didn't realize that when I was younger and everything seemed so great and hunky-dory and I had all these possibilities and expectations before me um but I can take comfort in these now because it was always God always was going to care for me whether I realized I was a blade of grass or not. Um, and it's comforting to me to remember that I am. Um, so that's what, that's what um, I want you to think about this week. I have realized there have been lots and lots of ways where I've had unmet expectations. Um, one, without sharing too many details, when I married Lee Camp, I thought I really did. I thought, hybrid, <laughs> <laughs> <It's good. laughs> I thought I um, thought, wow, what happened? Why did he marry me? I, um, I really got the lucky gold ticket. That poor idiot does not know that I don't, I don't have much to offer. And I'm not bringing much to this deal. But I really struck it rich. And I, um, I thought I, I really, truly thought this. I thought I am so grateful for our children because they will have Lee Camp as a father, and we're going to have a bunch of little Lee camps, and they're going to be so smart. And um, Lee is such a good person; they will have such a good relationship. And so I really don't have anything to worry about when it comes to parenting because. I, you know, I married Lee Camp and he's going to be their dad. Well, parenthood has not turned out the way I thought it was going to. Not by a long shot. And of our three kids, I would say that only one of them is a little likely. (laughs) They all three, one time on a trip out west, we were sitting and eating and we were having a good time, and one of them said, None of us got your brains, Daddy. Oh. And <laughs> I rolled my eyes. At that point, I'm a little over all the, you know, Lee Camp La La Land. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes because I'm realizing now I'm not such a moron. I mean, you could do worse. <laughs> So the kids really, truly said, they said to Lee, I'm, I'm not making this up, they said, we didn't get your brains. What happened? We got mama's brains.
1: <laughs> but
0: it turns out one of them apparently did get his brains. We just got his ACT score back and we're very proud. One of them got Lee's brains. The other two got my brains. Um, another area I've realized my powerlessness is in my job. Um, I used to work with Reed Collins, and he's not in here, but I loved working with Reed Collins. And if you brought your kids to our pediatric practice you saw me there harping Pediatrics and I love being there I was there for 10 years um, but a year and a half I left and I'm at a place called Salome Health and Dwayne Dixon has been talking about Salome health a lot lately and we see the uninsured and we see refugees um, and it's a tremendous privilege to be there it's a nonprofit and it's a it's much it's a it is way outside my frame of reference. Working for a nonprofit is outside my frame of reference and serving the poor and serving um, people from other countries who don't speak English or Spanish, (laughs) outside my frame of reference. Um, And the tasks I have been assigned in this job have been too big for me. And I have come home crying And telling Lee, I can't do what what they're telling me I have to do. I've never done this before. I don't know where to start. This is too big for me. This lies outside my skill set. I don't even possess the skills to pull this off. And there I am again at step number one of the 12-step program. I'm powerless. I'm powerless over um, my skill set. I'm powerless over the fact that this has been assigned to me all I can do um, is give it to God and then take the next step the next step um, is all I can do the next right thing and so that's what I want to challenge you to do this week those are your practical um, uh, ways to put this into practice recognizing your powerlessness recognizing that God is powerful I challenge you to to try one of these two practices this week or maybe more than one maybe try both of them Um, one is like I said take the next step so when you um, and I want to open this up to see well I don't think we're going to have time right we just have five minutes yeah yeah let me, let me ask you guys. Are there areas in your life over which you experience powerlessness and um, you don't know what to do next? You're at a loss. Is anyone willing? <laughs> I'm sure everyone's willing to share an example of something <laughs> like that. But is anyone willing to share an example of an area where you experience powerlessness in your life and you just don't know what to do next? That's a toughie.
1: Well, I'll tell you where I'm powerless, but I don't know what to do now, <laughs> so maybe you can help me. In March of this, well, actually in December of last year, I said, to mm-hmm. my, I live with my daughter in town, and I said, well, I think I'm going to get a smaller car this time, um, because I'm 85, and my daughter says I'm willing to take a chance on three years of a lease, but I'm not willing to take possession of a car. So that's what I've been doing. The lease is expiring. My driver's license was expiring in March. Both of those things were happening in March. So in December, I said, you know, I think I'm going to get a smaller car. I really enjoyed this one, but it's just too expensive, I think, and I need to do something else. And my daughter looked at me, and she said, Mom, you're not getting another car. I said, well, I am. And she said, no, you're not. And she said, "Uh, you're going to, your your license expires, and you're not going to get another license, and you can't drive without a license. So that's just the, Mom, I know you have it. I know you love going to Memphis and I know you love all these things, but we just... I have three daughters and we're all bossy heifers. Did <laughs> <laughs> everyone hear that? <laughs> bossy
0: heifers. So these three girls had gotten together and they had decided what I
1: was going to do. And it's just... I, 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 I can't do this, you, you can't make me do this, you know, all this, I'm just pulling up the places, I mean, and she just looked at me, and that was it. so I went downstairs, mm-hmm. and I said, how dare, they? how dare they do this, you know, all this kind of thing, and then I said, you know, You had three daughters in what you did, and they have proven it over and over and over. And if they think that this is the right thing for you to do, or not to do, then I should listen to that, because Mm -hmm. I know where where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And as my daughter said, if you've had an accident and hurt somebody, they know it's to kill you, but you'll never get up. And then, so I prayed about that, and I asked God to take away my desire and to let me learn what was right. Mm-hmm. And so I went back upstairs, and I said, oh, "I know you love me, and I you know my other girl love me, and if this is what you think, then you're not the only and so I realized that I had become a child and I had three mothers. <laughs> <laughs> but I still wish at a car. <laughs> I don't want to go shopping. I don't, want to look at things. I don't have to drive I want to drive through um Tree Gap in the fall and leave by myself. You know. I want to do those things so. I
0: I love that example. That's such a perfect, perfect example of your powerlessness, but but you're able to step back and say, A, I trust, I I trust that there is something bigger than me going on and that maybe I don't always know what's best. Um, Maybe there are um, people around me or circumstances around me that I just need to submit to um, what I hear them saying. Um, These are my circumstances and I cannot change them now. What's my next step? Is it, and I don't know what your next step would be, but it sounds like, um, you know, a next step might be um, exploring opportunities to, uh, ride with other people, to walk more, to experiment with Uber or Lyft, to
1: <laughs> Listen, um, my bank statement.
0: If you look at my bank <clears throat> statement, it's Lyft, Lyft. <laughs> I love that. So that's what we're talking about: is accepting, accepting uh, areas of powerlessness in our lives, giving them to God, and taking the next step you can take. And so it might be lift, and just leaning into lift, and seeing what interesting people you meet behind the wheel of a lift car. Yeah, I bet. So that's one thing I, I want to challenge you. Marilyn got up and left she did not hear any of that the last thing I want to challenge you to do besides take the next step when you realize your powerlessness take the next step lift The next thing I want to challenge you to do is if you start to forget and you get all caught up in what overwhelms you, try going outside and putting your foot in a creek. Or try going outside and sit down and feel the blades of grass against your hands. Try going outside and just feeling the breeze in your hair for a minute. Um, Connecting with nature um, can very quickly bring you back. To the fact that that we are dust, and we are the created, just as sure as the grass and the creek. Um, so get back in touch with nature. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah.